Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my (laughs) wife, Julie. Hi, you guys. We are the Blended Life having technical difficulties as usual, but tonight's topic is... (laughs) Tonight we're going to talk about like tips and tricks and some wisdom to make a blended family work. But before that, we're going to talk about connecting with your spouse. Yes. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit, not a whole lot. And how to make that happen. Yeah, you know, and we get a lot of people who write in often who aren't actually married in a blended family but who are dating and really testing the waters to see if they are going to go down that road of actually committing their lives to a blended family and that's just interesting to me that we have so many people who are reaching out wanting advice you know we have someone who I have to answer back tonight yes right back tonight too and she lives out of state and she's in a relationship with a man with children And um, she's really trying to figure out how, you know, because she would have to move to different estate. But that's a big commitment, and she's really nervous about if this is going to work. Is it worth it? You know, there's an older child and a younger child in the picture. So, what I. And she has no children? I think she has no children. Okay. You know, she just wrote a little blurb. I will connect with her later, but... Um, yeah, it's a big life commitment right it there. It is, but that's a, that's a probably half of our audience is dating people in blended families right. without the commitment. So, you know, the actual marriage certificate or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what I thought would be helpful is a lot of people are trying to figure it out. Like, how do you know when? How do you know it's right? And so I want to throw that question to you. You know, how did you know that you were ready to get married again. And then how did you... I said before, it was when you told me I was ready. (laughs) But how did you choose a partner? You know, like, Um, because you were dating other people. Yeah, it took a lot of Mm self-reflection and it took a lot of inner searching for what I truly wanted, a lot of praying and really just figuring out what my core values are and making sure that when I thought you were the right one, really looking at our whole situation and seeing if our core values aligned Mm -hmm. and um, looking at you as my wife, as my future wife. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, do you check off all these right boxes? Are you um, the mother that I'm looking for, for my children or your children? You know, are you self-indulged? Do you, do you put yourself above your family? You know, where, where are you in that? Because if you're uh, a very selfish person, I don't think that really aligns with my values as where I want our family to be. I want us to all be on the same page and really help share and give and be there for one another. Mm -hmm. And I think one person being selfish um, and needing from another person and taking from another person constantly is going to create a big imbalance. So I needed to make sure that our, our values and lifestyles and everything just kind of aligned because there's a there's a lot there and then also you know are you a person that I want to have around um, my children you know are are you someone who I see my children getting um, stronger and becoming better people because of you you know or or are you going to be someone I'm like yeah she's my wife but don't listen to anything (laughs) she says because all she does is put garbage in the world you know and I don't want that for my children. And I didn't want that. And mm-hmm. so you checked off all these boxes. And then when you told me it was time to get married, we got married. <laughs> was religion an issue? 
religion with you and I, no. I uh, mean, in my in, previous marriage, no. I mean, just in is that was one of your boxes. That was definitely one of my boxes. Um, where you stood, where our values on that stood, and um, kind of you know where we were headed together, yeah. and that was yeah, that was a big part of it. You know, a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people who have different religions and they think that their marriages are going to be great and that that doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a struggle. And eventually I was going to say, it's usually not up front, but later on down the road, Mm -hmm. that is going to be something that (laughs) when you're not distracted by the romance and the courtship and you know, when, when the dust settles and it comes time with kids or you know, traditions and all that. Um, it does have a weird way of worming itself out of where you've stuffed it down deep inside. Yeah. And you know? it's going to boil up bigger than it ever was before. Yeah. Because as we grow in life, everything else grows. And along with that will come your desire for religion, but yeah. also for um, your partner to align with you. Yeah. And, you know, you may not even notice it till struggles. Because you will see people with different faiths handle struggles differently. Yeah. And so that also, you know, you may not understand it until you're going through something really hard and um, you really bond in the trenches of life. You know, it's kind of like you enjoy being above, you know, ground, but then in the trenches is where you really bond and connect with your spouse, I think. And if you guys are fighting in the trenches and not on the same team, that's going to make for a very, very hard marriage. Yeah. And it will be destructive. You guys will not connect. Yeah. Yeah. We have a a few friends, um, a couple, a few couple friends that have different religions, or one Mm -hmm. has religion values and the other one just doesn't at all. Yeah. And that makes for interesting lifestyles as they go. Yeah. And then one person always feels like they're bending, yeah. you know, or giving or sacrificing or, or guilty. Because, yeah. Like, I'm there's going to a lot of, fe- yeah. And like resentments because yeah. I wish you would, I just wish deep down inside, we all wish that our partner was more like us. <laughs> yeah. Truly, like, and everyone, you know, everyone wishes a little bit that their partner was just a little bit more like them, like the same things you know they do. You know, it's funny though, saying that. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen those old, couples at like <laughs> I'm gonna say Walmart because everyone's always weird at Walmart <laughs> sorry Walmartians um but have you ever noticed that as people get older they often start to look alike yes how does that happen like I, I could just, understand picking the up the same, same behaviors and patterns and movements but how do people start to look alike it's the weirdest thing. It is. I just think that you're so, after like 50, 60 years, your diets are the same. Your lifestyles are the same. So do your farts smell the same? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you know? And I think you're doing the same things, you know? So I just think you kind of you kind of just lose your anonymity and, and kind of just, into, yeah. you guys are really dependent on each you other. Know Fortunately, my mom doesn't look like my dad or vice versa. Yet. I'm happy for that. <laughs> I'm happy for you guys. <laughs> Someone wrote on But their Insta. farts smell the same. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So for me, um, with you, it was really odd because I was really convinced I wasn't going to get married again. Because obviously two failed marriages, I'm part of the problem, like common denominator here is me. And I really didn't think anybody would want the baggage that I brought, you know. You told me I did. (laughs) Well, okay. Well, to tell her, since you keep bringing this up, I just feel like it's important. I'm just joking about it. Well, let's just tell people. Okay, let's hear what you have to tell. Well, we had just been together at like for five, like I had... At some point, it started to feel wrong that we were playing right. house. We, we, were were, we were living together yeah. with these kids under the same roof for three years. And, you know, together for about five And we ish. both knew we weren't going anywhere. But it just, for me, with my faith and where, you know, where I started to feel comfortable, I really did need a commitment. I was, I didn't feel like it was right for me to stay in a relationship that wasn't even going you know, if you couldn't commit and get married and do that, then that wasn't for me. 
You know, so that's where I was at. You were, you know, you could have stayed forever without getting married. No, I don't, I don't know. think so. I, but I just for me, that was, you know, we're all different. We all have right. our own things. And that was mine. Mm-hmm. So, um, but for me, I knew, like, I just, I couldn't, it was, I just couldn't help it. I try to talk myself out of it so many times. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You didn't know this? No, I, I'm, yeah, there's We so don't talk things. except for <laughs> when we're so on air, things. you guys. No, um. I did. I tried to talk myself out of it. I tried to. Well, that's, yeah, okay. No, but it it kept coming back to, I mean, I again, I just, God had a bigger plan and I knew that and I couldn't help but love you. I couldn't help but care about you. Well, now you tell me. <laughs> I just, I couldn't help falling in love with you and. It didn't really matter. I knew blended family life was going to be hard because I came from a step family, came from divorced parents, right. and I saw how hard that was. But I also knew that I wasn't made to do life alone. Right. You know, that wasn't that wasn't what I wanted to be alone forever. And that I also didn't want a life of dating people. Like I'm a monogamous committed girl. I don't love dating but I guess in the end, so much work. <laughs> so much work. Dating is so much work. Don't do it. Um, but yeah, I just for me, I I couldn't help it, and I always tell people this. But like our hearts just aligned, right? You know, whenever I'd get panicky about we don't share hobbies, we don't have very many common interests. Our farts don't smell our alike. Our farts don't smell alike. I kept going back to like, but our hearts align, and that is worth everything, right? So that is something I would tell people is, you know, you have to make sure that the insides really match up more than the outsides. <laughs> Will you draw a picture? <laughs> Later. Okay. Baby. Oh, my gosh. Here um, she goes again. <laughs> but did you have any deal breakers? Like, what are some deal breakers? Maybe not even you specifically, but people who are, you know, out there mm-hmm. testing the water, seeing mm-hmm. if, like, you know, what would be some deal breakers for you? Um, dating wise, you know, uh, leaving your kids at home constantly with your, say, parents while you go out and you party it up and you drink with the girls. And I'm not talking like once or twice here and there. I'm talking like every weekend you're out, you're out, you're out. Because that shows that's an internal habit in you or that's like... It's just not attractive to me, right? Yeah. You're always out doing that. And some people, they they love that and they can handle that lifestyle and they're good with that. And their spouses work with that. That doesn't work with me, yeah. right? I'm about, like I said, you know, putting the kids as our number one um, as far as what we, what our, what our day-to-day life and chore and jobs are. Yeah. You know? Our priorities and focuses are on the yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's little things like that where I'm just like, yeah, I'm you, like all about what are deal breakers all the way down to how you handle situations. You know, do you fly off the handle about every little situation? You know, those are simple things, right? That you think anyone, I guess you don't notice those types of things. You know, are you mad at every situation? Are you grumpy about every situation that we go into? You know? And, yeah. Um, how do, do you, you handle situations? Yeah. I mean, you don't want somebody who is going to be yelling at you and your kids every day. Here's another weird one. Mm-hmm. How do you handle social media? Are you putting out provocative selfies? That would be a deal breaker for you? Yeah. Is that Interesting. weird? Interesting. There's some people that are just flaunting it out there. Okay, but and again, okay. that might work for some people in some lifestyles. Yeah. Just but here's the, the the thing about that is if you're not okay with your spouse or your girlfriend doing that, you better not be looking at it exactly. either. Or doing it yourself. Yes. So that's something that, you know, you can have standards, but they have to also go both ways. Like, well, they don't have to, but they should. The, <laughs> you know? Yes. They should go both ways. Like if, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So social media... Yeah. Weird little things, but That's all those little weird. things add up to so much Because bigger. what people put out there is what they want people to see them as. Yeah. And that matters. You know, when you have kids, that matters. It does. You know, somebody always stirring the pot. I don't love drama. So somebody who's always engaged in drama, mm-hmm. not for me. Right. I can't do different religions. That would be a huge deal breaker. Yeah. 
drugs and smoking. I couldn't be around smoking. That would be a deal breaker for me, okay. for sure. Yeah. Um, if I knew somebody cheated on their spouse, I yeah. would not date them. Right. Like, yeah. if I knew you had had an affair, we would never have even started dating, or right. we would have ended it as soon as I found out. Right. Do and you feel you, like that's a deal breaker for you? Uh, Yeah, I just because it hurts. It's one of those things I've had happen to me, and it's just one of those things that you don't want to ever experience again. So knowing that's in someone. The, but it, knowing that a there's hard, a potential. That's a hard like, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it. Like, you need to have... You need to, if you're dating and you're having kids in tow, especially, and even if you're not, you really need to figure out what your deal breakers are, what you're willing to put up with and what are absolutely like, um, you know, one, another one's like pornography or you end up like, that's something you guys need to consider. Well, is it humans or is it anime <laughs> or is it anime? What's, huh? the, what's the, the blow up dolls? The, the, yeah, what's the <laughs> with, with the animal one? Bestiality? Bestiality? Are we really saying that on air? Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're into goats and you're first dating someone who's not, take why don't you note. tell everyone about the yoga you just did last weekend? I did goat yoga a couple weekends ago. It was so fun. Yeah. What's so that even look like? Because I understand, like I saw a picture of you with a goat standing up. Yeah. So what they have, so goat yoga is we were in the we were at the Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo. Yeah. Shout out to one of my favorite places. Yeah. And there's big grassy fields, right? And they had like um they sectioned off a little rounded gated area, mm -hmm. and then they had yoga mats in a circle all around, and then in a separate gated area for goats yeah. and a bunch of like um. They're like miniature goats. Right. I forget what type of breed. Pygmy goats. No, they oh. weren't. But like Norwegian. Pot belly goats. No, they were like Norwegian <laughs> miniature something. All right. So then you get in a circle and you get on your mat and then they let the goats in. And they the goats do whatever they want while you're doing yoga class. So there were goats like sitting on people, taking over their mats. Did standing any goat on number two on anyone? No, but we got warned. They did number two not on someone, but like. Right next to them? Yeah. What do you do? Do you just keep going? They just kept going. No way. Yeah. That's kind of funny. And the goats were so cute. Like, my daughter and I both want a goat now. They're oh, so cute. Cool. They're like dogs. But we can get rid of both dogs for one no. goat. Oh. So then let's talk about, so what you say you're married. You've decided to get married. You've you've done your homework. You've known the other person for t over time and circumstance, right? Right. Because that's the only way to know somebody is over time and circumstance. Mm -hmm. So you need to allow yourself to be with someone long enough to see them in different situations, long enough to see them during the holidays, you know, when they're down, when they're happy, when they're sad. You, you can only do that when you put the time in. Right. So say you've done that and you're married now and you're hitting blended family life hard and you're like, oh, crap, which is where Eric and I actually are right now. Speaking of crap, they wanted to know if the goats had diapers. The goats did not have diapers. They were just free. They were one. No one got peed on. And actually, they called if a goat, they called pe goats peeing a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> so they I were will like. I'll bless you later. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh, my gosh. Good to know. Oh, weird. But yeah, they, so they would say, if a goat blesses you, let us know. We'll come over and clean your mat for you. But that didn't happen, luckily. <laughs> yeah. But they were warned about that. And, you know, there were lots of little girls there. And they just, it was, they just loved it, you know. None of them were blessed. No one was blessed that day. But anyway. Okay, so you're in blended family life. Yeah. Fast forward to back to what we were saying. Sorry. Rewind, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, life's crazy. You have different custody schedules. You have different jobs with different work schedules. Then you have kids pulling you in every direction. Mm -hmm. um, and so you are you start out with a house kind of divided naturally, which is normal. And I don't want to put a stigma that it's even bad. It's mm -hmm. just kind of reality. And your marriage kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And that is what Eric and I are kind of, right? Would you say that's what we're experiencing now a little bit? Like we're just, yeah. no one's mad at each other. No one's upset about it. And we both recognize it. Yeah. It's just kind of a season in life that we're at, but no blended family marriages. If you're experiencing this, it's normal. 
and extend grace to your spouse. But what would you tell people? How do you prioritize your marriage when life is just chaos? Jeez, that's a good one. I'm trying to figure it out still. <laughs> We're a work in progress, start, you guys. Start a podcast. It's a good time to talk with each other for an hour straight. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? You really need to set apart time. You need to prioritize. And a lot of times you are just so overwhelmed with so many things going on that you need to take a day off from, say, the gym or dance or... <laughs> Which is what she's doing tonight. We're going to hang out this evening. Um, Cut something out. And I'm not talking about for good. I'm talking about take one night off. Take one day off somewhere here and there. Make your spouse feel like a priority. Yeah. Rearrange your schedule. What can you say no to? Yeah. Not forever. I can say no to a lot of things. (laughs) But that's right. Like not for forever. Right. But just just once in a while. Here and there. And it doesn't have to even be the same thing. Yeah. I just went to lunch with my friend. And she was telling me um, that she's, we were talking about marriage and things like that. And she's like, you know, that's something I've, re- and they've been together for 20 years, married 20 years. Right. And she said, it hasn't always been this way. Cause I was just asking for advice. And mm-hmm. she said, you know, but if my husband were to call me on my way to meet you right now, and my husband were to be like, Hey, I have a break from work. Can we do lunch? She's like, Julie, yes. I would have called you. And said, sorry, we are going to have to reschedule. I got to go meet my husband for lunch. And it really hit, like, that really stuck with me because we're in such a culture, too, with, like, um, hoes before bros or, (laughs) wait, bros before hoes. Yeah, but But, also pleasing everyone else, pleasing everyone around us, putting on that show that everything's great and... You know, showing, every, you know, either that or some people are just completely indulged in their self. They're just going to do what's more fun for them. That's right. At the time. What, what's the most interesting thing? Yeah. And after a while, your spouse, I hate to say it, does is not the most interesting thing. No, you have to you're work used at to it. Them. Yes. It's like getting a brand new puppy. Well, three, four years down, <laughs> three, three, four years. They ain't as cute the as road. they once were. No, are and they're saying, just. Are you comparing me you to still, a dog? You still love your dog. Hey, Brooke. <laughs> Just want to say hi. That's not as cute as they used to be. <laughs> wow. They're not as exciting and fun. No. They don't kiss your face as much yeah. as they used to. I hear that. Yeah. Um, but another thing, so connecting with your partner. But so, so you got to make time. You got to reprioritize. You got to say no to people. Yeah. And you have to make an effort to make your spouse feel special and wanted and loved. And maybe every so often... As much as we love our children, maybe so often yeah. it has to be the kids that need to be put on the back burner for a night or a weekend and or be left at left their, at home or at the grandparents' house, you know. Yeah. And that's a very that's a big one. Just to call you out, that's a big one that you have to struggle on. Yeah. It's like, hey, can we go do something? You have to. You're like, well, I have to see if we have the kids that weekend. I'm like, this is kind of a big deal, you know. Well, I need to see. You don't want to give up. Anytime Are you talking about a hockey kids. tournament coming up? I'm just saying in general. That that made me think of it. Yeah, I have a big yeah. hockey tournament coming up. Yeah. All right. Well, but that's okay. If you, have the, if you have the kids, you won't be there. Not that the kids couldn't come to a big hockey tournament. But Over that's the okay. night, are we going to rent two hotel rooms? We can want, rent one big hotel room and put a bouncy house in it and have a blast. A bouncy house. Yeah. Anyway, there's logistics when you travel with a lot of kids. Um but you're right. Like you, sometimes you have to give and sometimes you have to show. And that's not even a bad lesson to teach your kids that you're teaching your kids that, you know, you need to put your marriage right. first because you need to model what you want for them. And you really want kids to have marriages that last and are successful. And that's what we're called to do is put our spouse even before our children. And that's really, that's a hard, I know for moms especially, with all we're all emotional and maternal and all that it can be but it can be hard to do it can be harder to and it can even be harder to do that you know when you're in a blended family and you see your kids you miss out on half of your kids lives so I try to schedule things when my kids aren't around I don't really hang out with friends when my kids you know I try to schedule things when kids aren't around um Anyway, and it's okay to do. It's okay to do here and there. It's just one of those things. Don't make a big habit of it. Yeah, you know, prioritize. But it's okay to bend here and there. Yeah, you want to hear one of the biggest things that causes disconnection in marriages and blended families? I can only guess. Guess children. 
No. Oh, what? I mean, yeah, no, because p- parents are responsible for that. But um, it is when you feel like your spouse can't empathize what you're going through. Hmm. And I know that a lot with us, too, because what you deal with, with your ex and with your children, and is very different than what I deal with with my ex and my children. Right. And I oftentimes am like, and I know, you know, jealousy creeps up sometimes. That's been a word that we've used before. Um, in, our, in our marriage? Yeah, just like I, or not jealousy, but like I'm envious. Like I wish I could talk to my kids as often as you are able to talk to yours. Okay, Okay. You know, and you just can't. So there's a lot in blended families with parents who have kids, like just not being able to empathize. Like you're feeling bad about something that you can't possibly, you have it totally different. Like if I'm feeling a bad, a a certain way that's like really hard for me Mm -hmm. and you have it, stellar in that department on your end that's really hard it's really hard to watch it's really hard to have in your face so how do you deal with that yeah I think that you have to talk I think it's it's completely mind control it is completely like you have to tell yourself that you know if it was you in reverse if you had this opportunity you would certainly take it so then don't be a hypocrite And then you also have to tell yourself, I love my spouse. Why would I not want the best for him and his children? You know, you kind of have to talk yourself off of that victim, poor me, sad. Poor me, they've got it better. You do, though, at times, you know, but I think there's a lot that happens that, you know, or for instance, you know, something, another thing that I, um, another example of something that, you can't empathize with is like my mom has zero relationship with my ex. Right. So you don't ever have to worry about or deal with that. You have no idea what that feels like. Right. Versus your mom and your ex talk all the time. I wouldn't say all the time, but they often they co-parent. They do business (laughs) together. They do. Yeah. They co-parent. Yeah. They, yeah, they co-parent together and they do stuff like that. And so what is that? Grand co-parenting? I don't know. But so you don't, but my point is, right. it's like you have no idea yeah. what that feels like because no, you've I, never had to deal with that before. That's on very the other interesting end. about our relationship. And I'm sure most of our listeners understand that by now. Yeah. We have very different, uh, even though we're one big blended family, and I'm sure most of you can relate. Yeah. We have very different um, situations as far as co parenting, dealing with both of our exes. Yeah. Um, our exes are both so so different yet so alike in, in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. but the way that the you know cards have fallen. Yeah. It's uh it's just different. And but I'm, that's the thing. Like I think that causes a lot of disconnection when you feel like your spouse and those are just examples I have. I'm sure you have your own. Yeah. But when you just are like have to sit there and watch your spouse you know, living the good life and you're really struggling on your end and you're not on the same team and they can't help you fix it and they're not truly your partner in this situation. They're not going to change it. There's nothing they can do to make you that, just kind yeah, of have to sit. that brings up a good point. Because, you just kind of have to sit in it. Yeah, you want to be. It's icky. You want to be partners and partners in crime for the whole, for, for everything, I right? think that's what marriage is, This yeah. is your best friend and you want to do everything together. Yeah. But then it comes down to co-parenting. And that you have to step aside you. Yeah. Or be a part of it. And I've seen it happen a lot of times that it's not your battle, so to say, Mm -hmm. but you step in and you fight like it was as if you would. And that creates bigger issues and bigger, more tension, Yeah, Yeah. you know, within that. And it, and it almost hurts the co-parenting. Yeah. Unless we have, and we need to get them on here soon. We have, some friends that co-parent well together and the the moms of each side work together on things. And mom they, and stepmom. Mom and stepmom. Yeah. And they work so good together and it's right. and it's kind of brilliant. Yeah. And they just so we need to get one of But they always tell me it's t- it took like a decade. Right. <laughs> it right. took a very but long time. But it's pretty to get it's there. awesome to watch. 
Yeah. No, I mean, the kids only win. If you guys want to hear from them, or at least <laughs> one of them, any of We're them. We're trying to course I know. them to do this. Give us some encouragement to pass on to them. Like, what's your secret? Yeah, I would like to most know. Pe- most women don't like to give away recipes. But we're going to try to get yeah. them to write a cookbook. Yeah. Well, this leads us into like tips and tricks of how to run a blended family. And I think that's, you know, one of them is that you have to, as a step parent, you really have to know when to step up, step back, step in and step aside. And step out. Oh. Yeah. Okay. To- and butt out. Get to stepping. You do. Like it is. How many times can we say step in this? A lot. Let's do it. <laughs> Drinking okay. game. Everyone take a shot. Oh, my gosh. Every time we say step, don't do that. You die of alcohol poisoning. Um, but, yeah, I think that that is a huge thing. You know, I think there's a, such a power struggle with step parenting and biological parenting. One, I think the bio parents often put it off to the step parent. You know, biological parents will I, be like. I'm keeping track of my fingers now. <laughs> biological parents specifically dads for some reason, because maybe they have a stay-at-home wife now that they're remarried um, and they don't want to deal with the parenting aspect as much, you know, and co-parenting. So I think that stepmoms feel a lot like they get put in a position to be the main parent. Right. Until it gets confusing. Like I'm supposed to be the main parent here. I don't have it. I, this, I'm very blessed. This but you're is not me. Fulfilling would, different roles. Yes. I'm, I have all of the responsibility and none of the power. Yeah. And that's really confusing. And I think that biological parents can do a better job of relieving your spouse of that struggle. You know, I don't think you get married just to have a mother for your children. If you're getting married just to have a mother or a stepfather for your children, (laughs) don't do it. It's bad news bears. Yeah, that's not the right. Because eventually those children are going to be grown up and. It creates a lot of problems. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You know what? And just running so far back real quick. That's kind of another deal breaker. (laughs) If you can't get along with the kids and the kids are just little brats and it just. That's going to cause problems in a relationship too. Just saying. Yeah. Anyways. sorry. Yeah. So my friend Brooke, we're friends now. Um, she says her favorite, we met for coffee. She told, she told me this too. It's this so is funny. Neat. Julie met one of our listeners. She found us on yeah. here yeah. and met with her and had coffee and. Yeah. We're friends now. Other decided. <laughs> I hope she <laughs> wants to be my friend because I'm hers. <laughs> Anyway, no, Brooke says to stay in your lane. And that's a, yeah. that's really good advice, too. You know, you have to have blinders on a, a whole lot. And you have to let relationships, a lot of times people want to step in, but you kind of have to let relationships be organic. And I'm talking about you have to let kids have their own relationship with the other parent. Is that today's shirt? Stay in your own lane? Stay in your own lane. <laughs> But you do, you need to have, you need to let relationships unfold. Um, Someone wrote into me asking, she's a stepmom, and I think her husband was really struggling because they, his son, her stepson, didn't want to come see him anymore. Hmm. And he was gutted by that. Yeah. If I'm understanding the story correctly. And she was like, I just see this hurt and I want to step in and I want to reach out. And I'm kind of like, you need to let them have their own relationship and work it out, you know, and I'm sure. Be there, give advice. You be support. Or if you're going to talk to the stepson, ask questions like, why do you not want to like, you know, like a therapist would do instead of like imparting your wisdom and your opinion and what he shouldn't do and how hurt his dad is a lot of times that's just going to push him further away well yeah you're attacking them i think you have to lead with questions that's one of the most valuable things i've got out of therapy like a police officer but already know the answer yeah well i mean (laughs) you have to help children come to their own conclusions you have to help children navigate their emotions and develop their um, senses, you know, so how you do that is you ask them questions so that their mind tries to figure out what's really going on and they come to their own conclusions. But 
you do need to stay in your lane and you really do need to allow children to have their own relationships with the parent, the step parent, with their other step siblings. Um, you can't really force it. Yeah. And you don't, it just pushes away kids more when you are shaming them or needling them or making them feel like they're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know, there's ways to talk to children without pointedly doing that. That gets the same results. Does yeah. that make yeah. sense? No, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome advice. Yeah. And so in your parenting too, I think a really important question to ask your blended family when you're, when you're parenting in your home is, you know, are we teaching our kids how to be responsible adults? Right. We talk a lot about chores and I was listening to a radio show and I was presented that, um, chores are important. A, so kids learn life skills. Like how do you clean a toilet? (laughs) (laughs) you know they have to learn how to clean stuff like how do you clean a tub How do you clean a toilet yeah just kidding but you know how do you vacuum there are some kids who go off to college never turning on a vacuum yeah who cannot figure out it's a thing so i get that value but also chores teach responsibility exactly you know that you have to pick up after yourself that if you're a part of a household you don't live here without pitching in So you're going to learn how to be part of a household. And so what I would ask blended families is, you know, and then homework, you know, are you making sure homework's done before? And it's a priority because when you get to a a normal job and normal work, you're going to have assignments. You're going to have things that need to get done. Yeah. And if it's like, yeah, it's no big deal. Well, you're not going to be in a job too much longer. Yeah. And I promise you, you will have a, a happier, easier, cohesive blended family if you are running it with the mindset of we're teaching these kids responsibility, if that is your yeah. goal and your end game, your household will run smoother and be a lot less, um, dis- like there'll be a less dissension yeah. and you'll have more help. Like I don't get why parents don't do this, but they don't. Well, and that's sometimes. a that right there is a big reason why I'm so open with the kids about so much stuff all the way down to like finances, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just because one day they're going to have to learn about this stuff. Absolutely. Talking to your kids about credit now, one day they're going to have to learn about it. Yeah. That's something I didn't learn about as a young kid. And then you get into the real world, you've heard about all this stuff. Right. But it's all just this mythical thing that um, is good, bad, or in between. That's right. And it ends up. So the first time I ever got a credit card, I used my credit card, put something on it, you know, not very much money, and I had a $25 payment. Oh, cool. I can use my credit card, and now I have a $25 payment a month. I can handle that, right? So then you go, and you use the credit card some more, and you use the credit card some more, and then that next payment comes around, and all of a sudden you have a $200 payment. Whoa, no one ever taught me about that. Right. I didn't understand all of it. And now all of a sudden that $200, you know, is or $600 that I spent is $200. But now only $50 goes to my credit card because credit cards have 150% interest rate. Right. Feels like, right? No, that's true. So teaching your kids about the stuff young, you know, and how to deal with that and not get themselves into trouble right up front. Right. that's, That's number one reason why I talk to the kids about this type of stuff. It's not because it's fun to talk about with them or, you know, some people think, oh, the kids are too young to learn about that stuff. No, I don't think, I think as long as you keep it appropriate and somewhat on topic with things, I mean, all the way down to sexual conversations, you know, it's okay. The kids are going to learn about this one time or another. It might as well be with you. Yep. And And not their friends. And not their friends. And even if it is with their friends, at least they kind of have a, a direction. They well, know right fr- from wrong. Yeah, and friends are so misinformed. I'm going to get inappropriate here. But I remember like being in, gosh, sixth grade. I'm going to get the beat button. Yeah, right. no, we were tr- like my girlfriends and I had heard about blowjobs. Oh, there we go. Oh. And we were like, what's a blowjob? And we were kind of like. Your mom didn't... invented those, right? <laughs> and uh, I just so like so misinformed. Like we're just sitting there like, do we really just blow on it? <laughs> 
Or like, how does that feel good? Like, we just didn't understand. Like, why are they called blowjobs? You know, and just kids are so misinformed. But like, you know, these are what little girls and, you know. Wow. I, so for, yeah, let let not that you should be telling, teaching your kids how to give no, blowjobs. I'm I not saying that. So. I'm just, that was an example of how misinformed kids are and kids do talk and try to figure it out. So yeah. We should have do a open- segment every week, how misinformed a child has been <sighs> and give examples of how misinformed we were. Yeah. What do you guys think? Give us a couple examples of how <laughs> you were misinformed as a kid. Oh. I would love to hear some. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I think that's also something that you need to talk to your spouse about and be on the same page with. We have a close friend who is in a blended family situation and her husband enforces zero responsibility and she is so upset about it every single day and it's not her kid. So she has no say, but she walks, I mean, the kid, you know, picks up dog poop with her hands Mm. and is 15 years old. I didn't know that part of it. Yeah. Wow. But just, you know, so but what the, do you do in not that situation? Yeah, so you... she just has to swallow sand because every time it gets brought up, right, it is a fight and it is you don't understand. And it is, it is, yeah, but like all these excuses, Excuse, yeah, you know, but there's no, you know, they tried chore. She tried a chore chart um, because she had presented that as an idea. And so that didn't work. The child never did a single chore, but still got money every week. Because that's, that's the, a good place to self-reflect on too. And, you know, am I making excuses for my child or children? Yeah. You know. Yeah, when but people it, are yeah. talking to you about them. Yeah. You know, try not to make excuses. Try to make right or wrong, or you know, figure it out. So. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, and I, I think something that's really uncomfortable. So that's, that's their life. They totally feel your friend. <laughs> it's really hard and it's a struggle in your marriage. You know, if you're not agreeing on basic parenting things like responsibility, you know, how, you know, responsibilities for children, it's, it's one parent's always going to be upset all the time. Kind of a thing. Yeah. So how do you, so. how do you mitigate that? Is your friend, I'm sure you gave them advice. It's, 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 you know, it is a situation. I think her only, because here's the thing. She's not going to divorce him. No. And if that's the case and he's not willing to change and he, you know, she's very open with how she feels and what her expectations are and how upsetting it is to her. I mean, she doesn't even want to go home at the end of the day. So does she yell at him about this and, and make this... She makes rude comments. See, so I don't think that's helpful. It's not helpful, but... But, yeah, at some point it's going to overflow. It overflows. I get it. You know, you can only swallow sand so long but in, yeah, before but it, it kills you. In the best possible situation, how do you help change that? Just kind of like you were just talking mm-hmm. about with the kid. You know, you don't yell at your spouse about it. You don't make them feel bad about it. You bring it to them like, hey, this is a concern. Yeah. Let's talk about this. And right. let's try to come up with... I know this isn't going to be 110% perfect. Yeah. But let's try to find a good common ground. Right. And not because this makes me angry and this pisses me off, but because I care about you, but I also care about your child. Yeah. Because this this is now our our child and I want our kid to grow up in a better lifestyle and better situation. And by right. doing it this way, I'm not seeing Anything that's going to help our kid at this point, what's the point of even doing chores? Just earn money? Well, they might as well just go get a job then, right? Go yeah. build, go sell lemonade. Yeah, go but, Mulans. But like you were saying, <laughs> this is to help out the family, but it's also to help gain life skills Yeah, and you know get our kids further in life. So if yeah. you can have that conversation with your spouse about why this is concerning to you without getting angry, I think it's going to go so much further. Yeah, but what if you don't have a will? I mean, that works when you have a willing spouse who values and respects you. Right. What happens when you have that conversation and you are shut down? Well, that's kind of goes back to our very first topic. But you're married now. You're here. Where I'm like, you should have thought about this first. So do you just, you live it up? Um, or you suck it up and no, live? No, I think what? what you need to do is not give up on the situation. You don't just 
years in. We're years in now. Yeah, no I don't change. Yeah, but I think that you need to keep working at it. You know, you don't just give up because you know it's rightfully wrong. You know it's not the right way to handle this. Yeah. You don't just bend over and take it for lack of a better Julie's term. Or do you? <laughs> no, but so <laughs> so you can't. You really you can't. Otherwise you're just giving up and giving in. Yeah. Knowing that one day there is a light at the end of the tunnel. This kid is going to be gone. She's very fearful that won't happen. Well, see, that's the other part too then. Okay, so what happens you if need the child to set these kids out? up to move out. Totally, you, but this is the breakdown of not being on the same page. You right. know, he's probably more than happy to have her there for as long as she wishes to be there. Yeah. And my friend is waiting for the day she's 18 to move out. On the day of? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, she is like, right. she is chewing glass every day. Uh, see that, I, And I, Brooke says to have her get therapy. And I, they, he went to one session and wouldn't go back because as you know, therapy's. It's hard. They point fingers. Hard. They point fingers. They make you feel bad or real good. Well, I mean, they, it just point, it's to the heart of the issue. And it's true. People yeah. don't want to deal with it's it because that's hard bias it's usually truthful yeah so i think the death of marriages is when one spouse checks out yeah you know like you i mean to live in a marriage where you just aren't valued and you just yeah it doesn't matter truly so this is what you know dating people like these things won't come up until it's too late so you're really gonna have to soul search and have conversations about how you're running your household what the expectations are. Um, and, you know, I also want to bring up while we're real talking here is I think in blended families, you have to guard your heart a little bit. And what I mean by that is your stepchildren are always going to champion and defend their parent, both parents. And that can be very, very hard when you see lies and deceit and wrong and um, when it hurts your feelings even. And I see a lot of heartbroken step-parents out there because they're being drugged through the mud or their stepchild really hurt their feelings. They didn't get a Mother's Day card. Um, And... Whatever it is, you know, step parents get their feelings hurt or they're mm-hmm. offended. Mm-hmm. You know, guys don't have feelings. So guys get, you <laughs> know, frustrated and angry. Punch holes in wall. You know, however your bad feelings look or come out due to being a step parent, what I will tell you is you need to start guarding your heart a little bit. That doesn't mean you don't love, that doesn't mean you don't care. But it is a, you don't want to, it is not helpful for your family if you're constantly riding an emotional roller coaster, you know, where you're so inconsistently up and down because your feelings are hurt. I'm offended. I'm frustrated. Well, here's some great advice to that. She says, uh, one of our viewers says that she just basically lets her spouse take control. You know, it's, it's their kid. That's what we do too. And she basically just supports her spouse. Yep. Which I think is awesome advice. That is that is awesome advice, and that is how because we at the run end of the household. day, at the end of the day, right. it's not your child; they aren't your children. You know, you you can be bummed out for them or the situation. Yeah, but really, like, if you and him never got together, or you and her never got together, you would never it, know this child. Yeah, and they'd never be your problem. It's not. Yeah. It's not your God-given responsibility. Yeah. So do the best you can, but that's awesome advice. Just support your spouse. Yep. And and that's what what step parenting is. Step parenting is a support position. You know, you really don't have, we've talked about this at length at other podcasts, you don't have all the power. You don't have the final say, you know. um, And so you need to guard your heart a little bit. You know, it's perfectly fine. For you to have, you need to be all in, and then you also need to have a foot out. And I don't know if that's going to make sense to everyone, and a lot of people are going to jump on that and get really upset, but you are more level-headed and more of a support to your spouse if you're able to take the emotions out of it and be able to be strong enough and 
aware enough and secure enough to be able to focus on your marriage and your spouse and helping them without getting too emotionally entangled in the stepkids and their drama and the ex, the ex and and I don't think you mean you having know. a foot out by like having a foot out of the relationship. No, you're not going anywhere in your marriage. Yeah. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying an emotional detachment. Having a, having a foot out of that fight of that struggle, just yeah. be like willing, like she yeah. just said, to take the back seat yep. and just support your spouse and be like, yeah. well, I'm here for you if you need me. That's your fight. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, you need to detach yourself yeah. a little bit. I think that's really, really, really helpful. Can healthy. you do that in regular co-parenting? Um, <laughs> I've, I'm learning. Right? Yeah, you know, you and when you're co-parenting, you have to learn what you can control and what you can't. Yeah. You know, and then it comes up, well, am I going to court over this or am I not? Because if I'm not going to court over this, then... Am I really? What am I going to do about it? Right. Like, it's not my time. They can do what they want on their time unless it's, like, abusive or, you know, horrible. Um, but back to, like, chores and responsibility and what you're teaching your kids. Something I wrote down and I think is super true and know about your spouse. You know, in your marriage, if either person doesn't feel good about enforcing something in the household they're not going to. Right. So just because you want something enforced in a household, even if your spouse is smiling and nodding like, okay, <laughs> I'll enforce that, yep. right? Yep. Um, battery low. Uh-oh. Even if that's the case, if they don't truly feel good about enforcing it, yeah. don't expect it to be enforced. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. So. Well. Are you going to wrap it up? I have we so have much to. more to say. I have so many I'm notes. I'm so sorry. We're all about those technical difficulties. We are going to have to part two all this. Right. Well, part two this because I look at this, you guys. Like I have, I have notes. And that's my cue to go right there. This, all right. This little guy. All right. We're out of here. That's my cue to go. That's awesome. We're going right to have, to us, you guys. Yeah. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Subscribe. Yeah. Part two to this next week. And chime in. Thank you guys for all chiming in. We're so happy to have all of you here. Excellent advice. This is advice we can't even give. So thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.